This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You need to know what's happening. It's 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 time to get in the huddle with Carl Dukes and Brian Baldinger. Back for another edition of In the Huddle. Carl Dukes, put him up along with my man Brian Baldinger. Jason Lockon Ford joins us every week, guys, and we're looking ahead to the upcoming games this weekend. We are at the halfway point. We know a lot about a lot of these teams, and there's some things we thought we knew that we don't know about a lot of these teams. And, Baldy, I want to start with what I think is going to be if they lose, I think they're done. I already kind of feel this way, but the Packers at home against the Cowboys this weekend, Cowboys come in 6-2, and two, Packers now 3-6 and six after a devastating loss against the Lions. It was just ugly. It was bad. Give the Lions credit. They made the plays. But Aaron Rodgers. Went on the Pat McAfee show, (laughs) Baldy, and he said, basically, you know, I'm the MVP and it doesn't matter who I'm going to battle with. He he said some weird stuff. But I don't think they have enough, Baldy. I just don't see it with the Packers. Tell me what you think about this matchup, because the Cowboys defense, they've gotten after everybody. Why should I believe they're not going to get after Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers? Well, let me just let me just do this, Carl. Like, you know, when. In wrestling, when you're on the mat, they're going one, two. Like, it's the hands up, ready to go three, to your point. Like, this could put them out. The one thing I'd say is just watching them this morning, Carl, is they do have the ability to run the ball. And if there's one weakness to Dallas, to Buffalo, they have not been good against the run. I'm going to pick a a team with a winning record. I'll show you some flaws. And, like, running the ball, they ran the ball against Buffalo for 208 yards. They lost the game. It doesn't ensure anything. But if you drop back and throw it, you know, 40 times against Dallas, you're going to lose the game. Mm. Like, they're just that good defensively. I mean, their pass rush, their speed, it, you're going to play right into their hands. So they've got they, – they do have a formula to get up off the mat. Now, Aaron Rodgers can't get to the one-yard line and throw a pick. You know, you can't get to the five-yard line and have the ball bounce off somebody's helmet and throw a pick. Like you've got to finish these drives. And, you know, I, you know, also on that podcast, Aaron's like, well, we should have won the game. Well, all right. Like you can't say that. You just can't. You lost the game, you know, Detroit beat you, you know? And so, um, you know, they have to really look in the mirror. I, I feel like sometimes Aaron, to me, like he's separate from the team. No, Aaron, like this is like, they're counting on you to make all those plays. Like the throw to Bakhtiari, it kind of tells you, all right, it's fourth and one, can't get the ball in. We'll throw to our left tackle. Mm. Kind of like when you do that at a desperation, it kind of tells you, 
we got any, can we, can we gain a yard? Like that's not a good sign, you know? And then the throw was so careless, um, you know, cause it's not a play that you practice a lot and he just flipped it. And look, Aiden Hudson made a great play. Didn't see him, whatever, but like, he's like, this is he all in or not? You know mm. what you're saying? And so like the Packers, this is it. I'm, I'm totally with you. They lose at home with Mike McCarthy coming home and all that stuff. That's, you know, that's part of the storylines this week. Like they have to find a way to win the game. Cause if they do win the game, they'll, it's like the same sigh of relief that Brady had in that comeback win last week. You're like, well, we're off life support for a week. We might go right back on if we lose again, but for a week, you get a little bit of a reprieve and you think maybe we could start stacking wins. That's where you're at. If you're the Cowboys, Baldy, do you come in and ground and pound? I mean, Everybody wants Dak to throw it around for 500 yards, but they don't need to do that. And I don't think they need to do that in this game. Do you think that's part of the strategy? The, you know, just league-wide trend right now, Carl, is teams are running the football. And when the Cowboys were winning four games with Cooper Rush, and even you know in their recent games, they've got three tight ends that can block. And Schultz, Hendershot, along with the rookie Ferguson. I mean, they're good blockers, and they go 13 and personnel and it, you know Pollard and Zeke, they need them both. I mean, Pollard's more explosive, and he can hit the home run, but they need both these guys to get to where they want to get to. So whatever combination, I, I think they got to still, you know, really really pound it, you know, and, and play action off it, and they don't need to spread them out and let Dak go find CD and, you know, Gallup and all. Like, I just they got a good formula right now. They're, they're winning games with it. They should stay with it. Speaking of running the ball, it's in the huddle, guys. Subscribe, like us. Tell your friends, don't miss any episodes. We do this every Tuesday and Thursday. We release new episodes. We do it during the season. We'll do it in the offseason because the NFL never stops. You mentioned run the football. Jets are doing it. Patriots are doing it. Ravens, obviously, are doing it. Browns with Nick Chubb. Titans with Derrick Henry. Um, the Eagles with the mix of the quarterback, right? Kind of, you know, the RPO, but but you see how they're running the ball. The Giants game, which you'll be at, we'll talk about the Texans and Giants later. And the Cowboys, the Bears just did it with Justin Fields. You're on to something, Baldy, because we're in a passing league. We've got all these teams who have drafted these wide receivers, these quarterbacks, and guys are running the ball. That's half the league is running the football first. Yeah. Why? Seattle, you know, Seattle's in a you know nice four-game win streak right now. Uh, they're doing the same thing with Kenneth Walker, but they got three tight ends that can really block. No, they're really good. Disley, Parkinson, Fant, they're really good blockers. They're really good receivers. Um, they nobody runs more 13 personnel than Seattle. Chicago, like I, I I give credit to Chicago because you got a young quarterback who I love and believe in, but allow the kid to develop. Let him be part runner. Let him hand it to Montgomery and Herbert. Let the offensive line, who's young and new, new left tackle, new right guard, let, let these kids enjoy run blocking. Uh, I, Detroit can do the same thing. They did it last week at times. Um, this is a league-wide trend, Carl. And it doesn't mean you're going to win a Super Bowl because Kansas City can't run the ball at all, and they might be the best team in the AFC. But but it is it does – allow you to be competitive every week. It does play to your strengths. It does allow you to win games, uh, be competitive. Atlanta, Chicago, both very competitive last week, lost, but very competitive doing it their way. Um, and so while you're figuring out how to get, you know, Miami Dolphin personnel where you can do that, you know, let's, 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 let's do what we do well right now. 
And and I think it's it's so smart because like the Chargers can't run it, and how far are they going to go if they can't do it? So uh, to me, right now, this is a trend. It's real. It's not going to stop anytime soon. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes with you in the huddle. All right. Seahawks, Bucks. You just mentioned the Seahawks. Listen, this is the biggest surprise of the season for me, okay? Mm -hmm. We can talk about the Giants or the Jets. Mm -hmm. When they traded Russell Wilson um, and you just didn't know how this was going to look, and you've said it, uh, I give you monster credit, they hit in the draft. You're talking about five or six guys in this draft that are playing out of their minds. But here's Brady needing a win last week. Nine seconds on the clock, it was just quintessential Brady, right? It was like, you, you just felt like, okay, he's going to make the play. They're mm-hmm. going to win the game. And they do. So here are the Bucks now four and five. Is this the thing that catapults them? And what do they need to do against Seattle? Whose defense is playing really well, because how do the Bucks, how do they get success here? Well, defensively, I think it starts defensively with the Bucks. You know, they kept the score down against the Rams, <clears throat> you know, on Sunday night. And so the Bucks defense, you know, Vita Vale was a real factor in the game. They're getting healthier in the secondary. Like, they can't allow D.K. Metcalf and mm. Tyler Lockett to get deep, you know, off play action passes. They throw – They I, I just charted it, Carl. They run this same tight end drag play off bootleg to all three tight ends. And they're all – Fanton had 100 yards in receptions last week. Like, you've got to stop that play. It's their number one play off run action. And last week, they couldn't stop it. So, like, to me, it starts defensively. Now, the Rams can't play any softer. They, they, you know, the Bucs got the ball with 44 seconds to go, Carl. No timeouts. They gave them all the throws that they needed to get out of bounds, stop the clock. I mean, yeah. Yeah. you couldn't play. I, I, I'm just shocked at how soft they played that and allowed Brady to do what – Brady's not going to miss any one of those throws. When he's 60, he's not going to miss these throws. <laughs> so, like, but, but to your point, like, they've got to go to Germany here. It's a big, long trip. Yep. they got to buy after it. So they've got to find a way to win the game. And if if it if they can keep it to the final drive and give Brady the ball at the end with a minute to go to go win it, the fans of Germany would love it. And, you know, Brady could do Brady magic again. He just set the record for the most fourth quarter comebacks in the NFL last week. Maybe he'll add to that record. Yeah, 100,000 yards and all this stuff. These records. Listen, (laughs) I'm not a guy to say because, you know, we've been in sports all our lives. But it's hard for me to say no one's ever going to do this. Baldy, no one's ever going to do this. You're talking about playing 22, 23 years. I mean, I just saw something the other day where they said, hey, Patrick Mahomes, he's got a a shot, but he's got to play 21 more years. (laughs) Do you know how durable you have to be and how lucky you have to be? I mean, I, I, so that's one of those things where I go, what quarterback in their right mind making the money these quarterbacks make now? I'm going to make, let's just say I have two deals. I'm going to make $800 million and I'm going to be done by year 12. I, I don't need to stay 20, 22 years. No. 
I just don't know if anybody's going to come close to that. That's, I don't it's think crazy. So. Yeah, I mean, it's Joe DiMaggio's record. It, it is. That's, nobody's going to break that record. Um, I don't think anybody's going to break LT's 31 touchdowns in a season record. Like, I don't see uh, – I think a lot of these records – Bob Beeman still holds the long jump record. Nobody's breaking that record. Like, yeah. you know, you just certain records, I think, are just – they're there never to be broken. They always say, well, records are meant to be broken. I don't think any of these records are going to get broken. I'm with you. All right, Baldy, let's switch gears. Um, and uh, before we do, though, I do want to ask you about Kenneth Walker. Tell me about this kid. Uh, Seattle, again, you talk about the Bucs, what they need to do. The Bucs got to find a way to stop Kenneth Walker. So the kid's run for seven touchdowns in the last five weeks, Carl. Uh, you know, he's he, he's been the starter for this four-game win streak. Um, he is – his ability to do a couple things. One, to change direction. Change of direction is – not Barry Sanders, but it's really good. Mm. Uh, he's got incredible power, and he's got a burst. And then he's just got great vision to the end zone. And um, the more you give it to him, the better he gets. He doesn't look like he ever gets tired. Uh, he's a difficult guy to tackle because he is built low to the ground. He's very compact. And if you don't grab his legs, he's not going down. So he's he's got all the skills. Little, I don't think they knew that this guy was actually better than Rashad Perry. Perry's bigger and might be faster, but this is a better back, and he's a perfect fit for what they do. All right. We've got uh, the 49ers coming off the bye. You had the Chargers last week. Listen, Justin Herbert, you see he's got the it factor. He didn't have wide receiver one and two, right? Uh, both his uh, number one wide receivers were out last week. They were still able to win against the Falcons. But here come the 49ers off the bye, Shanahan now can incorporate a little bit more with McCaffrey. And I, I'm thinking to myself, you know, this is a spot where the 49ers defensive, is, is this where they wake up and go on this run that I've kind of been waiting for for the 49ers? I think so. I, I think they're going to get healthier. Uh, you know, the big win against the Rams, uh, they'll have a tremendous home field advantage. It will be all 49er fans inside that building. Mm. Um, they'll be electric. I think the 49ers, I'd be shocked if they don't come out and look razor sharp in all phases. Like, this is a team, I think, that's now ready. I think the team feels Debo will be back in the lineup. We'll see him at full strength with McCaffrey, Debo, Ayuk, you know, Kittle. I think we're going to see him at full strength. Um, like, I think they're set and stacked. And I just don't think, you know, the Chargers are very good defensively. Like, the, you know, the Falcons ran the ball right through them, like, the first and third quarter, they just ran the ball up and down the field. And the 49ers are capable of doing that and, and, and at a much better rate. So I I, I don't know. Like I, the Chargers find a way to win some of these games. Staley's doing the best he can with what he has, but they're not they're not very good defensively. And I think the 49ers have everything it takes to really kind of blow this game up and really go on a run here. I, I expect the 49ers to go on a deep run stacking a bunch of W's in a row because the roster is really good. There, there's just no reason for this team not to go win, uh, I don't know, seven of the next nine games, eight of the next nine games. Yeah, and Herbert, by the way, I mean, he literally won the game last week for him, right, with, yeah. with his throws. You mentioned the Falcons had 200 yards rushing in this game. I have to believe Kyle Shanahan's watching that tape and going, thank you very much. We're about to, you know, simulate that. I don't know if they'll go for over 200, but the fact is you can do that against the Chargers, which I think puts more pressure on Herbert to deliver. 
because no, his defense yeah. is just raggedy, right? I mean, it's like, ah, we're giving up points, we're giving up yards. So I think he's in a tough situation this weekend because he's going to have to make that up. I, I think that's, you know, I want to see him rise to the occasion, but Baldy, that's a lot to ask of, of a guy like Herbert. Well, but, but, but that's what he has to do because they don't, they don't run the ball well at all. They're not good up front. Um, they, they'll cobble running game a little bit together with Eckler. I mean, Eckler has been amazing. I he mean, has scored 20 touchdowns since the start of last year and uh, 30, I'm sorry, 30 touchdowns since the start of last year. Nobody's close. Cooper cup of 22. Like he, he, he'll, he'll get in the end zone. Um, but it, it's, it's just a short passing game of Khalil, uh, of Justin Herbert right now. And, you know, he's the least sack quarterback in this league and he's, he's their max protection. He's their, you know, he, he gets the ball out quick. He's extremely accurate. He keeps these plays alive. Uh, he, he might have to throw 10 times to DeAndre Carter, but he will. Um, the 49ers zone defense will get tested because if you give him a slither that much, he, he'll put it right there. So, you know, you got to tackle the catch. You can't let these guys get going, but they do have a hard time getting the ball down the field. Like, I don't know if Keenan Allen's going or not. Um, the hamstring looks, you know, like it's just iffy all the time right now. Uh, but regardless, that's, that's their game plan. Short passing game. In the huddle, Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes with you. We're looking ahead to this weekend's games. There are very important games on the schedule. As we are at the halfway point, guys, we know a lot about these teams as we said to start. All right. I love Kirk Cousins and the bling on the plane and the fun he's having. And I'm like, yeah, this is great. But I don't believe in the Vikings. I'm not quite sure that they're as good as this record says. Now, I know Parcells said it. You're what your record is. They're seven and one. They're going to Buffalo to take on the Bills, who are six and two. Buffalo lost to the Jets last week, Baldy. And I'm going, wait a minute, what just happened? And now they're telling me, right? Sources are saying that this arm thing for Josh Allen may be an issue. All eyes are going to be on Josh Allen and the and the Bills this weekend because the Vikings come in here. And if they beat the Bills, I got to say at that point, I'm a believer. And Kirk Cousins, he can do all the dances and the chains he wants. Where are you at on this? Well, I was with uh, one of the running backs last week, Alexander Madison, and they, they call Kirk Cousins with all that blame, Purple Eight. Like, that's a <laughs> name, Purple Eight. Okay. So that's good. But I tell you what, though, like, I'm like, Viking fans hate me because I said something week one. You know, like, did anybody think the Vikings can compete with the Packers? And look, I'm guilty. I, I made the statement, but I didn't think the Packers were going to be where they are. And, you know, the Vikings got trounced by the Eagles and Monday Night Football. And I just was like you. I wasn't ready to believe. But I tell you, this trade for TJ Hawkinson, mm. like, it's amazing yeah. what he did last week, Carl. Like, he got traded on Tuesday. He starts on Sunday and leads the team with nine catches. The The, the Washington Commanders are double-teaming him. You know, he's winning all of his option routes. There's immediate timing with him and Kirk Cousins. Like he's he leaves all tight ends with yards per catch, like over 15 yards a catch. Like he can run, he runs great routes. He's a good enough blocker. Like the Vikings got better with him. And now if you add Justin Jefferson and Thielen and Osborne and Dalvin and like in, in a solid offense line, not great, but very solid. You go, can Cousins, he can't screw this up, can he? You know, so like I you, you know, look, you, quarterbacks have to do it in the postseason for any of us to believe in them. Sure. Completely. 
He's got know, one postseason win, right? One postseason post win. And yeah. you say the same, same thing about Dak, one postseason win. Like, guys have to do it in the postseason. We didn't believe in Peyton Manning, you know, when he couldn't do it early in his career in the postseason. And then, you know, we put him in the Hall of Fame, rightfully so. They, they got to earn that. They got to do it. They got to. They got to make these throws in these playoff games to win games, the way we see Mahomes do year in year out right now, and that's that's just the standard. It's just what it is. So I think they're going to win a lot of games. I think they're well coached. They they look like they're in situational football. They're really good. They make good decisions, good good plays. So this is a big test. And look, if Josh Allen is, you know, can't be Josh Allen. Then you know the Buffalo. You know they Buffalo may lose, and you go now. Do you still believe in Minnesota? Like you know, you still might have question marks about him if Josh Allen can't be himself. Yeah, I uh, and, and I don't know, Baldy. The thing for me, you know, Adolfo Mensa, who came in the general manager there in the off season. Okay, mm-hmm. guys, taking you back. He made a comment that he felt like was taken out of context when he basically said, hey, the one spot, you know, that you got to be great at is quarterback, and we don't have Tom Brady, and we don't have Patrick Mahomes. He said that. Yeah. And then people went, whoa, what are you saying? You know, it was a shot at Kirk Cousins. And then he came back and said, well, I was talking about the context of team building and trying to put that in the right context of saying, this is the position you absolutely have to get right. But a lot of Viking fans took that as like, does the GM not even believe in, in Kirk Cousins? So now here Kirk Cousins is, minding his own business, balling out, 7-1. and one. I can't wait to this game because I really want to see if they come out and play really well. But you're right. Look at the weapons. This is as, as he, They're loaded. This is the most stuff he's had around him since mm-hmm. he's been there. All right. You're going to be at the Texans-Giants game. Giants coming off by 6-2. and two. We've talked about the job that Brian Dable's done, which is amazing. And, and mm-hmm. again, Jets, Giants. For me, Seattle, surprise teams of the year. We'll see where it goes. How many yards is Saquon going to have, though, in this game against the Texans who come in one and six, and right now they're they're flawed. This is a flawed team. We know they're probably going to have the first overall pick, but Lovey will have his guys, and they'll show up. How many yards does Saquon have in this game? He could have, you know, he could have 150 yards in this game. Mm. The one thing, you know, even if you go back to his – you know, first year when he had 2,000 yards, led the league in yards from scrimmage. A lot of those yards were just after contact. More yards after contact than yards. Like now, it's not like that. Like they're opening up holes for him. The, the offensive line is solid. Glowinski, Feliciano, Neil, Andrew Thomas is really good at left tackle. Like they can run the ball. They do it in a variety of ways. You know, you got to defend the quarterback and you got to get your run fits for read option, all that kind of stuff. But I mean, that, this could be a big spot. For Saquon. And I expect because they really, you could say, okay, what I'm sure like all these teams, you know, by week, right? You know, they 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 self-scout themselves. What can we do better? What do we have to do different? Like, are they gonna overplay bootlegs? Things that we've had success with. So you got to kind of like stay ahead of it. And what else can we do? We might see a few new wrinkles this week um, as the Giants get ready for the second half and try to make a push to the playoffs, but you know, this whole thing is built around Saquon. So, you know, he could catch a lot of passes here. You know, you line him up against uh, outside on Stingley or, you know, Jalen Petrie and the rookies out there for Houston and see if he can shake loose. Like, I expect that he's going to get 25 touches in this game. Like, it, it's going to go through him. Baldy, tell me about the Texans running backs because I watched them last week 
uh, in a game against the Eagles, which mm-hmm. they were competitive. I mean, this game, you know, the, the Eagles took it over in the second half. Hurts yep. was great. But I'm, I was impressed with the running backs for the Texans. And are they on to something here? Is this a building block for them? Well, I mean, Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce, Kenneth Walker, I mean, they're candidates. I mean, 1A one, one and 1B for the offensive rookie of the year. Uh, Pierce is he was he was seldom used at Florida, never could get ten carries in a game. The guy runs through contact, contact balance, vision. Like a lot of guys are good contact runners. They have no vision. They just run into people. You know, <laughs> like this guy's got vision. His cutting ability is dynamic. Like he's good. And you, know, you put Laramie Tunsil and Kenyon Green and some of these guys out there. Like they're pretty good at it. And so. Uh, you can't sleep on the Texans. Like the Giants have struggled to stop good running backs this year. So the Eagles really struggled without Jordan Davis against them mm-hmm. in the middle. Like it was a real weakness. I mean, Pierce had a great game um, and they were into it into the fourth quarter. So uh, I, I expect a lot of Damian Pierce. He is a dynamic player. The offensive line is pretty good for him. They, they do some things well offensively. Uh, Davis Mills can, can make the throws um, that you want a quarterback to make. He's not a dynamic guy. He's not going to run around and do all that kind of stuff. But he he, he knows where to go with the ball. Are they going to be in the quarterback business in the in the spring? I got to believe that. Well, we'll see if they keep Lovey. Because I believe if if, if Lovey is just a, a placeholder this year, and yeah. I don't know if it is or not, I don't know enough about the organization right now. But I, I just think these teams, like, just look what Buffalo did. You, you get your general manager. You get your coach. You get your quarterback, and you build it all together. Robert Sala, Joe Douglas, you know, Zach Wilson. I mean, just get your your general manager, your coach, and your quarterback. Get them all together. Get your plan together. Never stop building around the guy. And I, I got to believe, like, that might with, – with pretty good quarterbacks coming out uh, of college this year, I got to believe that that is going to be a real thought. Baldy, I didn't have this down. I, I just want to pick your brain on this real quick, and then I got to ask you about the question of the week – in regards to the Colts. Yeah. Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes in the huddle. Subscribe, guys. Like the, like the uh, podcast. And make sure you tell your friends about it. Tuesdays, Thursdays, we put new ones out. We're looking ahead to the week. You mentioned Andrew Thomas for the Giants. Mm-hmm. University of Georgia. Jamari Sawyer plays for the Chargers. He's having an unbelievable yes, year dear. as a rookie. And it ju- just made me think because the college football playoff rankings just came out. Georgia's number one in the country. Yeah. Yeah. And Kirby's, you know, he's he's just dishing these guys out into the NFL. But these two guys, you just talked about the run game for the Giants and what Sawyer has meant for the Chargers in a protection standpoint. I don't think the kid's given up a sack. So what do you see with these guys up front? You know, when you watch these old linemen and coming into the league to be this good, this young is very hard. Especially, I mean, Jamal Sawyer was a uh, six-round pick, you know. Now, he was left tackle on Georgia's national championship team. Um, but, you know, you're first of all, I would just love to go to a Kirby Smart practice and just mm. see the level of talent. You know, you're going to see, you know, Carter coming out this year. I mean, they're just loaded again. But, um, you know, it just took Tennessee apart. But just imagine in practice you're going against these past I mean, Jermaine Johnson, you know, Kenyon – you know, Trayvon Walker, like that's your practice every day if you're a tackle Georgia. And then you're going up in the SEC and you're going up against these pass rushers, you know, Sam Williams, what they got at Alabama every week. Like you're going to get tested. I mean, it's 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 an NFL boot camp for these guys. And so they come in. The game isn't too big for any of these kids. Sawyer can stand on his feet. 
people thought he was going to be a guard, yeah. not a tackle, but Rashawn Slater went down week one, so he stepped right in. And he's been – like, you didn't hear his name. That's always the best sign. You go through a game last week in Atlanta, you didn't hear Jamal Sawyer's name one time. You watch Andrew Thomas struggle a little bit as a rookie, but he's just a lockdown, solid – like, that's exactly what you want at left tackle, what he is right now. You don't have to worry about him. Give him give him the league's best. Give him Nick Bosa. Give him anybody. Like, he's he, he's up to the task. Quick story about Kirby, and then we'll we'll finish up here. When he took the job – and, you know, he comes over from Alabama. He's still the coordinator, obviously, and stayed through. And he's he takes the job. And we have our first conversation. And I said, you know, well, uh, what do you got to do? You know, I mean, here's Mark Richt. You know, he's got all these guys. He's always – George has always had talent. And Kirby literally says – this is like 2014. He's like, we got to get bigger up front. We got to put guys in the league up front. That has stayed with me. Yeah. And now yeah. you look at where Georgia is. And they're putting tons of guys, defensive yeah. linemen, offensive linemen, in the league. Baldy, it still starts up front. I don't care if it's college football or if it's the NFL. And that stayed with me. His first thought wasn't about, you know, anything, but we've got to get big, bigger and more physical up front. Let me, uh, you know, so I'm, I was texting a general manager in the league at 530 on Monday morning. I'm not going to mention his name. They won the game, and this is what the general manager said to Exactly to your point, Carl. He said, I've never been more all in on anything in my life than to continue to prioritize the offensive and defensive line. We won the line of scrimmage yesterday, both sides. Our offensive drive uh, on our final drive was paradise. Like that's mm. how you have to think. What Kirby said, what that general manager sent me in a text is exactly how you win games in this business. All right, Brian, uh, let's talk about this this mess. And I'm talking about the Colts. Where they've been over the last few weeks, you know, you bench Matt Ryan. Uh, whether that is, you know, legitimate or not, however you want to look at that injury, this was the guy that was supposed to give you a chance. Uh, they've made questionable trades at the deadline. Um, you fire your OC, and now you fired your head coach in Frank Wright. And then you bring in Baldy. Jeff Saturday? I mean – I love Jeff Saturday, but Jeff Saturday was coaching in Georgia just a few weeks ago uh, for, for Catholic high school. And you're telling me Jeff Saturday is going to come in and, and somehow revitalize this season for the Colts. To me, this is throwing up the white flag. And I hate it for Colts fans. And I hate it for guys in that locker room because a lot of people thought, including me, this was going to be a playoff team when the season started. What the hell is Jim Irsay doing? I'm just thinking from a player standpoint that if you're DeForest Buckner, if you're Shaq Leonard, uh, if you're, you know, uh, Quentin Nelson and Jeff Saturday stands up in front of the room, why would I, who's been to the playoffs, been to the pro bowls, been all pro like Shaq Leonard, why would I listen to Jeff Saturday? Like, what is he going to say? That's going to make me believe in his vision. He doesn't know anything about my team. Like you just like, no, no offense to Jeff, you know, Jeff. No, great guy. It has nothing to do with that. But like, if you're a player and you're standing up there and you're getting ready to go to war against, you know, the Raiders this weekend, like, why am I listening to Jeff Saturday? Now, the one thing, the only thing I'll say is the Colts offense line is an absolute mess. Mm. It was last week against the Patriots, nine sacks, 13 quarterback hits. Like, if Jeff Saturday can help in some way improve the offensive line and how they play together. 
that might give Sam Ellinger, whoever's going to play quarterback, like how you just skipped, you know, over a Super Bowl MVP quarterback from Matt Ryan to Sam Ellinger uh, two weeks ago. I'll never understand that move. But I just feel like this is the strangest, most desperate move that I've ever seen a general manager make. And I know Jimmy Ursay. I played for the Colts. I played for his dad. I've known Jimmy since I went to the Colts in 1988. And this is so far out of left field with John Fox on the roster or Bubba yes. Ventrone or, you know, you know, uh, Gus Bradley, yeah. I mean, guys that have won a lot of games in this league. Um, to, over, to skip over all those guys, because I, I, I played for the Colts when they fired our head coach, Ron Meyer, and they elevated our defensive coordinator, Rick Venturi, to the natural step, elevate the next guy that at least knows the organization, might have a new idea about how to change things, whatever. Um, I, I feel like the white flag has been raised. And so I, I, I think it's going to be a long, hard day for these Colts right now. Like this was a very competitive team through most of last season, the season before, a top 10 defense. Like, if this falls apart now, it's not going to surprise me. I don't know. Like, I put myself in Jeff's shoes the other day when the announcement came. Because we're kind of like the same, playing the league, do this analysis stuff, blah, 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 you know, watch all these games. And I, I I said, first of all, why would I take the job? Why would like, you take I, the job? Why would I take it? Why would I put myself in that position like that? And then I said, all right, if I did take the job, how do I even begin to put this thing together, Carl? It, I, I think it's it's, it's daunting. A, a long season. Yeah, it, it is. Baldy, I, I totally agree with you. And here's the other part. I said, listen, when somebody comes to you, that's another general manager, by the way. When somebody comes to you <laughs> and they say, here's a here's a lot of money. And he's your friend. I mean, Jim Mercer yeah. and Jeff are friends. Here's a lot of money. Take this thing over. Okay, I get it. But can I really go there and have a difference? Can I make a difference? Can I win? Can I, you know, because there's, listen, we're all competitive dudes. We, there's nothing I do that I don't want to try to win at. Okay. So, look, Carl, you give me all the leadership skills just yeah. Saturday. This is about winning football games. Yes. I can't even imagine all the things that are going to be running through his mind game day against the Raiders this Sunday. I, like, we're all, we're all going to be watching the timeouts, challenges, you know, punt team, fourth down. What are we like? All the decisions a coach got to make. I want to see like somebody who's never done it, do it in real time on a Sunday. Like that's going to be a challenge. Well, here's the funny part and, and we'll see. And, and and we got to get out of here guys, because we've got more football to watch. Baldy's got more work to do. Yeah. He's going to be at the Texans giants game, but here's the funny part. We all think we can come off the couch and coach yeah. these teams. Yeah. Literally yeah. Jeff Saturday is coming off the couch and he's coaching on, on Sunday. We'll get a chance to see what happens. Yeah. Baldy man. Enjoy it as always. Great, Great job. Fun. Have a great call this weekend, Texans Giants, and uh, we'll talk to you next week, brother. Okay. Thanks, Carl. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Hey, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Like the podcast and make sure you subscribe. We'll talk to you guys soon. Take care.